This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show Podcast. Oh, he loves the fire What a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Salam and welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I am your host covering everything sport, international and local. How's everyone doing today? Hope you're having an incredible day. On the show today though, got some really, really good stuff for you. Have you ever thought about how we view sports or even TV? There's such a big part that we kind of almost skip as a as a viewer where the way we see things and the way we view things is key. Well, there might be something which might change the whole scope on sports and it's called Prem Flicks. And what does that mean for TV rights and what does that mean for fans all around the world? So we start off with that and then we're going on to Barcelona preparing for life without Messi? Elections? Politics? Does it have a place in sport? That's where we're going to in segment two. In segment three we're going round the world to take a view on what's happening from Sharjah to the US and round four or segment four we're going to be looking at if you would have your child do one sport what would it be team sport versus individual in terms of youth projects do we have enough in the middle east and if so which one stands out text us on 4215 or do or slide into our dms at omar duri or pulse 95 radio on instagram and let me know what are you getting your child involved in and if not you don't have a child yet what would you like them to participate in stay tuned for more folks on the only place to be the halftime show on pulse 95 pulse 95 this is the halftime show with Omar Aduri on It sure is that time. It's the halftime show with Omar Duri. I'm your host covering everything sport, international, local. Now, wherever you're tuned in around the world, much, much love to you if you're on the Instagram live. Shout out to Mus'ab Atif, Ala, and everyone who's tuned in at Omar Duri and Pulse95 Radio. And if you're listening to it now as a podcast and you're getting the cut version, you're getting the edited version, so there's no commercial, there's no music, anything like that. So hope you're enjoying that too. And you can catch us on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud or... You can even catch us on Pulse95Radio.com, wherever you are around the world. So, now, one of the things we can all agree on, which is a huge part of sports, is how we view sports. Sometimes, we tend to forget how fortunate we are to be able to watch any sport from around the world across so many different leagues. Now, billions go into how we watch sport and how we might be in for yet another change. The Premier League is working on plans to launch a Netflix-style digital stream channel selling live games direct to fans and new CEO Richard Masters has revealed. Now, trials of a new over-the-top OTT service that cuts out traditional broadcasters could start as early as 2022 in select test markets overseas. Now, if successful, it could revolutionize the way football is consumed. Eventually, the Premier League will move to a mix of direct-to-consumer and traditional media rights sales. And you know that plays such a huge part in the modern game. Masters' confirmation that the league will pursue OTT as part of its strategy via Premflix, which is kind of a cool name, or whatever is branded, should benefit the top-flight clubs 
through increased broadcasting revenue and fans possibly via lower prices now currently any viewer in the uk who wants to watch every premier league game legally and i say legally needs to subscribe to sky or bt sports or amazon prime which kind of costs quite a bit of money when you put them all together now paying for all three typically costs about 912 pounds a year or 76 pounds a month now how much is that in uae it's basically times 4.8 you know or average on the market so it's 912 pounds times 4.8 a year to watch premier league football now premflix is probably still a long way off in the uk but would be much cheaper than that it was announced that a stockholm-based media group nent uh, has brought nordic rights for 2022 to 2028 inclusive for two billion pounds wow two billion pounds is unreal and i'm telling you now when it comes down to sports we love our sports but being able to watch it through that lens is amazing nent will have exclusive rights for six years to show premier league games in denmark finland norway and sweden the two billion uh, pound is equivalent to paying 74 pound for each of the 27 million men women and children living in those four countries combined can you imagine how much money show me the money as jerry Maguire would say if you're a premier league owner for the rights now but looked at another way fans in those countries typically pay about 40 to 45 pounds per month for access to channels currently showing live premier league football and if three million households across the nordic nations combined did that so you're looking at about eight to nine billion revenue between 2022 and 2028 the rights are highly likely to pay for themselves several times over it's crazy crazy to think of how much is going in to just viewing sports but we kind of we kind of sidestep that normally just expect it to be there and on this side of the world we're spoiled for that but in the uk that's what they're doing and in europe especially you got to pay money and you got to pay a lot of money to be able to catch that now as things stand games are shown live in 188 countries with about 200 million households globally using pay tv for access purely for illustrative purposes imagine all the 200 million global households pay 10 pound a month 10 pound a month for premflex flicks let's say flex same thing um premflix instead of generally how much larger fees they're paying now to whoever their legacy broadcast is the league is currently about three billion that's crazy three billion pounds per year earnings that would become 24 billion pound a year so the talk is to test it in singapore with the first office being opened out there to experiment with the idea but could this lead the way for broadcasting sport and will this change the way we view sports if you think about it they would provide several channels with several languages to cater to sports fans around the world. That would also enable you to view it wherever you go without having the issue of streaming or downloading. Not that I do that at all. <laughs> but yeah, what do you think of the idea? Text us on 4215, it's a salat or do, or slide into our DMs at Omar Alduri and Pulse95 Radio. And shouting about sliding into the DMs, I have to give a shout out to um, Rich and Anna Schofield and Mus'ab uh, for tuning in on the Instagram and sending their love as always. Remember, this show would be nothing without you guys. Premflix is coming to a screen near you. It even has a ring to it. Do you watch sports easily? In the UAE, like I said, we're blessed with it. But coming up next, who runs the world? 
I know some of you said girls, but no. <laughs> Messi and Barcelona, the war continues between the two, but is this a sign of things to come? And could we see Messi at a different club? Find out on the only place to be at three, the halftime show on Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. This is the halftime show with Omar Maduri on Pulse 95. Salam and welcome back to the halftime show with Omar Maduri. I'm your host covering everything sport, international and local. Hope you're having an incredible day wherever you are around the world. If you're tuned in on the app, SBA, Sharjah Broadcasting Authority or Pulse95Radio.com or even just Pulse95 Radio. Love that. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, for those who took a break from the planet, <laughs> there's been a war going on at Barcelona and it's not political. Following Barcelona's shock defeat at Atletico in the Copa del Rey, their director and former player, Eric Abidal, made a few comments which rocked the camp and particularly one called Leo Messi. Now, this became public forcing club president Josep Bartomeu to request an emergency meeting between the pair. Messi was incensed by Abidal's accusations that players had downed tools to get former manager Ernesto Valverde sacked. His response, to name the players or be quiet. Whoo, harsh, huh? Messi means business when he talks. He hardly does, but when he talks, he means business. Now, having been inside a locker room, I have to admit that I've been part of it when I had to bite my tongue a little bit. And what I mean by that is there's absolutely no comparison between Messi and Omar Duri from the halftime show in Charger. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you that now. But the point I'm making is there is a time and place to discuss and it's definitely not public, especially after a loss where tension is high and there's no time to reflect. You know, having been fortunate enough to coach in Africa, you hear the media and tabloids all the time speculating and talking about things that are important like wages and whether the team will get paid on time. Uh, things are quite sensitive. And that's what I personally experienced when I was involved, you know, in, in coaching football. The pressure is extremely high to be successful because like most places, we have families to feed and the players are young and have their lives based on performances. The point I'm making is, if you want to make changes for the positive, identifying it isn't the problem, it's how you address it. Now, lack of experience from Abidal's part in this scenario with Barcelona to choose those words which provoked Messi to stand up for himself or should Messi just concentrate on the football and leave the politics to the directors and the politicians? Now, since there's been a lot of speculation in Spain and not just Madrid's newspaper saying that Messi isn't happy, which is typical because you know how their rivals, Madrid and, and Barcelona and stuff. According to re reports in Spain, the Argentine has a clause in his contract which runs out in 2021 that allows him to leave Barcelona for free. That's right, for free this summer as long as he informs the club by May. Which is crazy knowing how much Messi is worth that he might actually leave for free. That is insane. However, Messi has had this in his contract for a long time. So Barca fans, I wouldn't throw in the towel yet. And Madrid fans, pipe it down. You know, don't get too excited. Because it's the same clause in the contract that former legends at Barcelona have had. Which is in principle, you know, a trust kind of gentleman's agreement between, you know, the player and the club. It was exactly the same with former captain and legend Carlos Puyol, who could have left for years but chose to honour his career at Barcelona. 
football fans, can you ever see him moving at the tender age of 32? If so, where would he go? Text us on 4215, it's a salat, or do, or slide into our DMs on Instagram at Omar Duri or Pulse95 Radio. And tell me, could you see Messi leaving Barcelona? And if so, where would he go? Now, in 2008, Manchester City tried to sign Messi, and things haven't been so rosy at the moment, which... Guardiola looking increasingly frustrated at Manchester City following Liverpool's dominance, which is only a matter of time when they do win the league. What a shock move that would be. I'm just putting it out there if Manchester City bought Lionel Messi for free. Because he can leave for free. So you just have to pay his wages, which is worth a country. But apart from that... Anything's possible. (laughs) The Premier League would be championship manager brought to life. Who could realistically afford his wages? What about his family and children? All these factors surely would keep him at Barcelona until he chooses to return to Argentina. But again, it's not about what I think. It's about what you think. Text us on 4215 or do. And can you imagine Messi anywhere else around the world playing for another team? And if so... Who could you see him playing for? Coming up next, we take a trip around the world to see what's happening in the world of sport from Sharjah to Munich on the only place to be at three, the Halftime Show on Pulse95. You're You're listening listening to Pulse95. Pulse95. Oh, he loves the pilot. What a goal. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri on Pulse95. Nice strike. Oh, Salam and welcome back to the Halftime Show with Omar Abdouri. I'm your host, covering everything sport, international, local. What's happening around the world in the world of sport right now? Well, a couple of things. Let's start off with some tennis. And I'll tell you now, the 36-year-old who surprised the tennis world late last year when she announced an intent to return to tennis seven years after her playing her last match at the 2012 US Open, which inducted her into the International Tennis Hall of Fame in 2017. Any idea who I'm talking about, tennis fans? Think about it for a second. I'll give you a second more. Okay. <laughs> it's Kim Kleisters. Do you remember the name? She's ready to make a, a comeback after retiring in 2012. And what's interesting about this story is one of only six women in tennis history to simultaneously top the world rankings in singles and doubles Kleisters, we tend to forget held the number one ranking for 19 weeks before before her original retirement now she comes to the uae having won four grand slam titles the 2011 australian open and 2005 2009 2010 us open the doubles titles you name it she's won it as well as three WTA final single titles. Now, she retired from tennis in 2007, initially to take a break to start a family. And when she made her comeback to the sport, she enjoyed arguably the most successful period of her distinguished career as she claimed three of her four Grand Slam titles and returned to the top of the rankings in 2011. Now, we talk about characters and and the different hurdles and challenges they face in the world of sport. Kim Kleister to be able to retire mentally and say, you know, I'm done with this. I want to start a family and then come back and then go again and then come back again. You've got to love the sport to put yourself back into it. And that's something that I really like about her story um, regarding that. Now, that's happening in tennis. In, ba- in Bangladesh, 
is big things happening there because Bangladesh stopped India to lift under 19 World Cup in cricket. Now, cricket fans, you need to tell me what's up with this because Bangladesh under 19 team created history by defeating defending champions India by three wickets um, to be crowned as the ICC Under-19 World Cup champions for the first time. It was quite a dramatic final uh, at the JB Marks Overground and South Africa, in which the match tilted both ways before Bangladesh showed resolve to seal the match. Now, through rain, it stopped the play, and when Bangladesh needed 15 runs to win with three wickets in hand, they were 16 ahead of the DL par score. So, very, very interesting, you know, when I, when I, when I see stuff like that, and I realise in some sports, they stop for the rain and <laughs> I'm thinking wow I wish that happened in London because then we'd stop all the time <laughs> and take a break but they actually stopped for the rain so a lot of big things happening um, in cricket and you know for Bangladesh to be India at the Under-19 World Cup that's a big deal especially that group of players who are evolving as a tight knit and that happened in that uh, in that in cricket in UFC UFC fans you got to tell me what you think of that because John Jones beat Dominic Reyes to retain his light heavyweight crown and set a new record for the most wins in UFC title fights. Now, people are mixed about John Jones. As a fighter, you know, it's it's very hard to look past him, you know, in the light heavyweight division as, as the greatest. Um, his 14th title fight, it, it, you know, his win came by unanimous decision over previously undefeated challenger Reyes in the main event. And this was in um, this was in Houston, two four seven. Um, but when the scores were announced, I was a bit surprised because for those that watched it, I had Dominic Reyes winning three two on the scorecard, and John Jones just just edged it, probably because of the takedown defense, which in scoring terms, as an official, yes, you have to mark. But if you're not actually doing much after the takedown, does it really count as a you know a big difference? Um, I'm not sure, you know, they always say don't leave it for the judges and it was unfortunately left to the judges, especially with Reyes' really, really brave attempt to, to you know, knock John Jones off, off the top. Um, I, I was very, very impressed with Reyes because he seemed very confident. Sometimes you don't buy it when it comes to the lead up to the fight, but his performance... Um, to be able to take John Jones the distance was incredible. The only difference I would say is John Jones has done it at that level so many times. His body was able to endure the punishment in the first two rounds, clearly that Reyes had won, to be able to perform and also the experience to take down. Because we've got to remember that Dominic Reyes has only had 13 fights, and Joe Rogan mentioned that in you know um, in the. The analysis afterwards but to be able to take John Jones the whole way was unreal and in that night's co-main event UFC women's flyweight champion Valentina Shevchenko cemented her dominance with a clinical third round TKO victory over number one contender Katalin Chukagayan if I can say that properly don't say that 10 times um, Shevchenko 31 controlled the range against against uh, Chukagayan's stick and move striking style and punished the American every time she moved within distance of striking range so that's a hat trick of takedowns one in each round provided crucial with the third effort early in round three setting up the finish as she locked up the crucifix position and finished the fight with a salvo of ground strikes to force the stoppage at one minute and three so 
very, very impressive uh, from Shevchenko, especially that after she smashes people in the face, she does a little dance. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I love that. I love the fact you can just switch on and <laughs> switch off when it comes down to UFC. These people are brutal in the cage, and then she does a little dance in the end. <laughs> but you know what? Everyone's got their own flavor, so who am I to knock that? Um, coming up next, if you have your child do one sport what would it be what would you encourage them to do and would it be a team sport or an individual sport now i ask this because i get asked this question quite a lot but i want to hear from you text us on 4215 it's us a lot or do or slide into our dms at omar durio pulse 95 radio and let me know what would you have your child take up if he had the chance to take one sport up or if you could put them in any sport what would you encourage them to do i'm really interested to see your um your thoughts on this let me know, and I'll get back to you soon as we get back from the break on the only place to be at three, the halftime show on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Oh, he loves the fire, then what a goal! This is the halftime show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Salam and welcome back to the Halftime Show with Omar Duria. I'm your host covering everything sport, international, local. Now I've got to give a shout out to Dodi and Ala who are tuned in, in the, from the UK and from Saudi Arabia and are loyal, loyal listeners on, um, on the Halftime Show and also on the Instagram Live that keep me company. The, the question I had before we went into the break was if you had one sport you could encourage your child to get into... And I say encourage because we don't want to force things. I'm just saying, family, you know. I mean, I have a lot of pressure. Both my wife and I play football. That doesn't mean he's going to be a footballer. Or he's not ours. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. No, he is, he is ours. But what sport would you encourage them to do? Now, think about it more than just sport. Think about it as in character building, building up their confidence, their self-esteem. Would you go for a team sport or would you go for an individual sport? So something like, for example football or rugby or basketball or would you go for something more along the lines of tennis um you know squash things like that where it's it's an individual sport and how would you shape that i'm very interested to hear your point of view on that because out here on the mid in the middle east you know there's so many different things that are happening now especially with the arab sports tournament in Sharjah, uh, developing women and showing how far we've come um, as a region to promote sports and, and competing in sports. What would you get your kids doing? I'm really interested. Dodi said he'd get his kid doing uh, Taekwondo, which very, very cool. I like that. Um, you know, martial art, a lot of discipline involved, a lot of uh, flexibility and, 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 and agility, which is great. Alat said he would do horse riding and mixed martial arts. Again, very, very cool, um, very different in terms of the horse riding, but again, equally as demanding. Um, I like the idea of gymnastics and I like the idea of swimming, just in terms of developing the core and having natural strength um, at a young age, which won't stunt their growth. And that would be something that I would personally recommend if I had a son or a daughter uh, involved in sports. That that's where I would encourage them to. Now, the pressure would be to do something like football or boxing because I love that. But then again, it's not about what I love. It's about what the kid wants to do. And that's why uh, I'm asking that question. You know, I get asked that a lot uh, in the industry. You know, what are you going to get your son doing? What are you going to get your daughter doing? 
listen, the pressure's on <laughs> because both mum and dad are footballers. So I wouldn't want them just to follow our shoes. I want them to do things their way and I want them to evolve in something they love. And if it turns out to be a career, great. And if it's a hobby, no problem either. That's just the way I'd run things. Um, and shout out to Michelle, who's also just tuned in on the Halftime Show. Thank you very much for uh, coming on uh, the Instagram Live. But again, what would you do? Text us on 4215 or do or slide into the DMs at Omar Duri or Pulse95 Radio and let me know what would you do. Now, coming up this week, guys, there are a couple of really, really cool guests. Joseph Ido, who plays for Celta Vigo, will be on the Halftime Show. And Henrik Fatumi, um, the sprinter and athletic coach, will also be on the Halftime Show, which is incredible. I can't wait to get those uh, guys on the show. I've been chasing them for a while. And next week, we've got a couple of surprises in boxing as well for you. So you have to tune in for that to find out who it is. And we have reached full-time on the Halftime Show. Remember, you can catch us every Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, 3 to 4 on Pulse95 in the heart of Sharjah on the only place to be at 3, the Halftime Show on Pulse95. Guys, salam. Have an incredible day. Peace. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday from 3 p.m.